Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, Ryan here. Before we get to this week's episode, it's time to thank all of our new Patreon subscribers. Here we go. Louisa F., Simon P., Neil McGee, Adam M., Solar Max, Lori F., Cheryl G., Scott H., Anthony M., Ty W., Alberto G., Matthew T., James McD., Michael D., Joel, A.J. Ash, Constance H., Ted C., Libby H., A. Aaron, Amy L., James S., Will C., James J., Keenan G., Jean F. C., Wayne T., Vicky M. B., Lois T., Lisa K., Gail A., Nathan P., Brian C., Brendan D., Robert T., Mateo, and Anita G. Thank you to every single one of you for helping the show. Because of you, we're able to enhance the quality and quantity of the show and bring you more of Somewhere in the Skies in tons of different ways. My special thanks to all past and present patrons. If you want to learn more or become a patron, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. And now, let's talk UFOs. Today on the show, political analyst, host of the Fault Lines podcast, and host of the Progressive Soapbox YouTube channel, Jamal Thomas. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Jamal, thank you so much for joining me for the very first time on Somewhere in the Skies. Absolutely, man. Thank you for the invite. Of course. I, I found you through Lou over at the Unidentified Celebrity Review, and um, I've just been following your work ever since, man. And as soon as I heard you talking about UAP, I was like, oh, he's in now. He's got to come on my show. So, no, the pleasure is all well, mine. Well, it's funny. It's, it feels like I've been invited in from the cold because I've done – I've covered the UAP, the UFO, UAP, whatever you want to call it, subject for a while. Yeah. and But I never felt like I was part of – any kind of community with it. It was just kind of like, okay, you're um, doing politics, but you're also covering the UAP and it's that, but it's its own thing. It's very it weird. It's very strange. But eventually when I, I felt like I was born in from the cold in this kind of weird way, I'm um, like, I've interviewed Grant Cameron. I interviewed Stephen Bassett, but eventually I was able to interview Elizondo Um Nick Pope, like I was able to interview some big names that was in the industry, but still it felt like it was kind of on the outside. But no, <laughs> after doing the live stream with Lou, it felt like I, um, David Beatty came on, Dave Beatty came on. Right. Uh, he's been a recurring person. Um, so yeah, it's been 
it's been very weird and heady recently. I mean, because it does feel like, okay, you're part of the UFO Twitter community now. So I guess my point is, thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Well, you picked a hell of a time to really get involved, and we will definitely get there. But um, my first question always for new time guests, and you're probably used to this one by now, how'd you get interested in UFOs? Where did your interest in this uh, topic, this phenomenon, where did it truly start? Um. If you're willing to share, I no, know it can be. I don't mind sharing. No, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I don't mind sharing. I've shared it before. Um, so I started this from the other side of the UAP thing. I, I wasn't with UAPs. I was in the new agey stuff when I was like 18 and 19. Mm. And it was kind of like when I was a kid, I used to have this thing where it would feel like something would walk into the room and sit on the bed. Scared the hell out of me. And it would do that for like years. Um, as I got older, I got really interested in this notion of um, is there something else? And coming across people who say, okay, there's such things as spirit guides. It's like, okay, is it real? And if so, how do you evaluate it, that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was always tested. It may be um, real on this kind of um, subjective level that you can't necessarily prove and this kind of that type of stuff. And after like a lot of weird experiences, you know, you get into this mind space of, okay, there's something there, even if I can't necessarily touch that thing that's there. Um, somewhere along the way, I got really into this notion of like, like freak me out and my wife out of wanting to know about the UFO stuff. And especially when I got more sophisticated about thinking about the previous experience I had when I was younger with um, like trying to find out whether they're spirit guys and that type of stuff. And for me, it was, okay, it's not enough to believe it. It's more so you want to know it, like knowing is different. If that makes sense. Like, um, so my thing was, okay, I started to read everything. Like the aliens eating babies. I went through all that. Oh, there's a secret base where they're doing experiments on human beings where they're jabbing. What's up? I went through all that. And eventually I got to the point of um, you believe what you can defend. Like, meaning it's no point in having this stuff out there where you can't necessarily touch. There's areas on which you can base a particular belief set in which you can defend it. Um, the other part of that was I still wanted to know whether it was real. And so just like the new agey stuff, my thing was, okay, how do you evaluate whether it's real? And honestly, when you really get into it, there is almost a one-to-one between contact methods for spirit guides, etc., and contact methods for UFOs. It's one-to-one, I swear to God. Even from the standpoint of abductions, when people are talking about abductions, well, if you've ever had an OBE, an abduction and OBE feel and sound almost the same. Not in every case. Some cases are physical phenomena and everything else. And people hate it when people say that. But it is, honest to God, true. I've had abductions. I've had this kind of contact with spirit guides where you're having this meeting and then there's these weird after effects and stuff like that. It sounds a lot like a UFO stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's really heady stuff. Now, that freaked my wife out because my <laughs> wife was like, she was like, look, because I was doing meditations and everything. I was, I was like full boards, like, all right, give it, the, give it due diligence to see whether you can prove it. My wife was like, look, it's not that I believe it, but keep in mind, there's two of us here. And if anything happens, like, like be aware, like on the off chance that mm-hmm. that works. Um, just be aware we're not, you know, we're not alone. Um, mm. It was weird phenomena and stuff like that. But it's hard to nail down subjective experience from, meaning it's hard to know whether your subconscious is screwing with you. 
It's that. And so especially if you're not there with somebody else. Like, I remember I got pictures, but it's like, okay, is that photo stuff? And then even when there were times where I would see a weird thing in the sky, my wife was with me once in Egypt, and the other time she was with me, and she was like, oh, I don't remember that now. I was like, whatever. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it, weird phenomena starts to happen. Like, even dream states gets get re- really weird. But beyond that point, though, that's how I got into it. I got into this, like, heavy headspace of, is it true? Can you evaluate it? And just from my previous experiences of trying to evaluate the spirit guide stuff, I was kind of in the headspace of, okay, is there anybody out there that goes with the notion of evaluation? Mission Rama, that was one. Stephen Greer's the CE5, which basically is Mission Rama. And like I said, the techniques are basically the same. It's, it's bizarre. And I think it's more bizarre for me because for me, it makes me have to reconcile what, what did you contact? It's that. Because right. it's like, if you, the spirit guide thing was interesting. I, um, I came across, this is dating me, the psychic Sylvia Brown. And Sylvia Brown, people were like, God, man, she's so full of it. With one exception, though. She says, if you want to experience it, you can experience this yourself. Well, for me, that's like, yes, let's do that. I mean, you've just told me something utterly phenomenal. And if that phenomenal thing is true, it gives you this kind of context on reality that we are missing something fundamental um, in the way that we operate. And so I was like, all right, I read, I bought a book, read through it, I think in one day. And I said, all right, let's do this meditations and get that stuff started. And what I realized after like a few, might, maybe a month or so that I had a fear hurdle. Like I would hit this point where it felt like I was plugged into an electrical outlet. Like it would feel like I was charged and I would freak out. I was like, okay, I screw that. And I would do that for like a month, like month on end. And, but I kept doing it and I would kept stopping and eventually got to the point one morning where I am in bed um, I am just kind of in the headspace. I feel like I'm charged into an outlet and I let it happen. Just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I hear something in my room and I say to myself, hello. I just say it in my head and I hear something beside my bed say, hello, a woman's voice audibly. Hello. Um, the very next day. Now at this point, I am so excited. My, I'm flooded with questions like, who are you? What's your name? Et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, the very next night, I end up, I meet the person, female, um, older woman, and I am in this OBE state. Well, this is a lucid dream state. Okay. And I am just, I'm, not to go through the whole experience, but I am standing there. I'm hyperventilating because I'm freaking out because this is very weird and heady and I'm thinking I'm just me. And so it's like, if you're just you and you see something just walk through a wall, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck's going on? Like, you're just freaking out. It's, it's that. Yeah. And I'm hyperventilating. Somebody gives me a bag and says, go over there. And I go over, like a move over. I'm hyperventilating. And a woman comes up and she says, my name is so-and-so. I can't remember her name. She says, I'm your expositor. Now this takes place when I'm like 19 years old. And I am blown away by this. Like blown away in a weird, like in a mind-blowing state. And she gets closer and closer. And eventually I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to be molested by this older woman. <laughs> but what happens is she merges herself with me. Like she, her body merges into mine, meaning it's not a real body. Mm-hmm. You're not really there. 
like or you're really there, but there's a body somewhere else that you know there's there's somewhere else. But she is merging herself into you, and there's this like amazing elation associated with it. Um, at the end of the experience, she says you're evolving, and she tells me that when she was there, she had to work out with her weight. Now this one is a weird one, and I was like, what? How weird and arbitrary is that? But it's not arbitrary. At the time, I was freaked out about my weight because I was I had lost a lot of weight and I wanted to maintain the weight thing, but. The way I looked at it, she it wasn't this thing of um, I don't want to tell you one way or the other. You have to choose. It was that Ooh. because if I, if, meaning if I say, hey, you need to work out, that's a that's telling me something. And in the headspace that I was in at the time, it's like, oh, my God, she told me to do this. Thing. It's too much. Right. And so with me, it has to be this kind of like gentle. This is what I did. Do what you want. It has to be that I I. Like I have poured over that experience and poured out every goddamn detail of that thing like nobody's business. But the moment that you have something like that, um, your tenor on reality and what's true changes. Right. It changes. The physical stuff, yes. Purpose, all that stuff. And it's like, yes, you have a point of view when you're arguing in a political space because at that point I would make the argument that there is no God. And in that context, because it's a political argument, I don't need the secular part of it. But from the standpoint of what I believe is different. And what I believe is I have no effing clue (laughs) what she is. Now, at the time, I would say that's my spirit guide. And then when you think about it, it's like, oh, God, you're so naive. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Why are you here? Who are you? Are you a figment of my subconscious? Like all of that stuff comes into play. The catch is I never knew what the word expositor meant. I had to look it up mm-hmm. when I woke up. I had to look it up. Like I, I literally, honestly, I forgot her name because I kept repeating the term expositor in my head. I was like, expositor, expositor, expositor. Don't I have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I clung to that thing like dear life. Um, and the first thing I did when I woke up, went to the computer, plugged it in, expositor. Yeah. It, it's, wow. it's like when you get that, other stuff gets weird. It gets very bizarre. And I remember like that next two years, I would have lucid dream states back to back to back. It would never quit. And I got to the point where I realized, hey, can you call for the person? And it was like, yes, you can. Can you ask things? Yes. Now the catch becomes at a certain point, it stopped. Like within two or three years, the weird phenomena stopped. Mm -hmm. And I, I got older and I started thinking to myself, okay, is it possible to do that in going, maintaining consciousness, meaning OBEs? Meaning, because with the OBE, you don't lose, ideally, you don't lose, there's a break in consciousness. Whereas with the lucid dream state, you break in consciousness, in which case you're aware, and then all of a sudden, but it's hard to hold on to the tenor for that. Right. And so at some point, I started saying, all right, can I contact her on my own with a lucid dream state? I mean, with a OBE. And so I went into this thing, I was like, all right, Mission number two, OBEs. Now, my wife, my dear poor wife, has to go through all of these experiments, right? Like, so it's like when I'm when I get in a headspace, and so I push for it. I started doing, I started taking certain um, herbs, like 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 um, or, or uh, vitamins like niacin and certain things that help with um, provoking or keeping consciousness or wakefulness. Um, I started maintaining what is it? Maintaining a dream diary, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I eventually got to the point where I could get into this state where your body goes to sleep and you are just kind of like keeping consciousness. You're like your body's asleep and you're awake. And it's like, all right. And then I realized I was still somewhat of a, can I curse? 
Absolutely, man. I was still a bit of a pussy. And so <laughs> I would back away from it. I would still get freaked out. Like, because honestly, it is very weird. Like, you're like, because what happens is as you, as you, as, as your body goes to sleep, your mind is still awake. You start hearing weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's already weird because your body is asleep. But you start hearing weird stuff. Like, for me, it was like hearing vacuum cleaners on the side. Um, I thought I was hearing voices. Um, I thought, like, it's very strange. And it's so loud. And it's so freaky that my first response was, okay, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to itch my way to it. And eventually, I had to shame myself into going through with it. Like, it was like, listen, like, don't be a pussy. Just keep going, man. Just keep going. You're already here. You're right here. Just keep going. And it's like, don't freak out. Just keep it, keep your head together. Keep your head together. And so it was that. And so eventually you get to the state where my eyes are closed. And then I realize, hey, I can see the room. My eyes are closed, but I'm looking at the room. And at that point, it's like, all right, don't think of anything weird. It was, it was, the, it was that. But at the point where you're saying, don't think of anything weird, you're, you're fucking yourself over already. Right, right. Like, that's stuff. And at that point, it's like, all right, back out, back out. You proved, you proved, you made the case. You made the case. You prove your, you prove, um, um, proof of concept, proof of concept. Yeah. It was that. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was the one that wanted to either demonstrate that it was false or not. Not because of posturing, more so I wanted to know when knowing was different than just believing. Like, even because honestly, people can be experiencing things and those things can be entirely true for those people. And it's like, no, it's not what they think it is, but it's definitely not nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I got older and I got more cynical, yeah, I got more more to the point of interrogating that stuff. And I, God, man, my questions would be so different. Like when I was younger, I was such a child. It was like, oh, what's your name? What's your, like it was that like that type of stuff. Like, what are you? Instead of what is the meaning of life, you know? Yeah, yeah right. That, like, I get it. It's like you couldn't even get there. Like you're just so shocked by, oh my yeah. god, I can't <laughs> believe this is saying it was that. Like this can't be true. This can't be right. Like if this is, but then when you think about it, why can't that be true? Like all of this is weird when you think about it. We're just familiar with it. It's familiarity that brings on this notion that this is not strange. All of this shit is weird. The fact that mm-hmm. anything is, um, is odd in and of itself. I mean, for God's sake, like. The notion that atoms would cobble together like inorganic stuff producing this notion of, is there something out there in the universe? Like, that's extraordinary. Like, yeah. the texture of all this stuff, all this stuff is strange. Um, no, man, I had a bunch of weird experiences when I was younger. And so it, okay. it, it put you, it put me in this kind of headspace of um, what's, what's true. And I thought it was always strange that we were a ball hurling through space and yet nobody thought of thinking, Hey, is it possible that there are other balls hurling through space with other beings on it? I just thought it was the weirdest thing ever. And it was like, no dude, that's crazy. That's conspiracy theory. So wait, so God made a vase around earth. They made a ball around Earth. No, 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 it's not that it would have to be. It would have to be by definition, almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you think of the number of galaxies and it's like expanding, ever expanding, ever expanding. And it's like, yeah, 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 but it's just us. It's just bizarre. And so then they would say, okay, well, maybe not just us. There are other things out there, but they can't get here. How do you know that? Well, our physics say, your physics is 100 years old. How do you know that? Well, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I have God's knowledge of the universe. <laughs> He's like, get out of here. And then you get the report, and you're looking at him like, all right, what's your excuse? Yeah. And they have no answers. Right. 
Well, oh, that is that's such a good connector right there, Jamaro. I want to get your thoughts because thank you for sharing that origin story. By the way, I know it's you know <laughs> sharing experience like a superhero. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are, man. Um, it's it's crazy. How I always love hearing how people get kind of involved with these things. But you did bring Honestly, up. It came out of the blue. Right. Like it, like on it. It fell in your it lap. It was this intense, um, unsettling, strange need to understand and know all at once. And it was like freaky. It freaked me out. Like that just freaked my wife. It was freaking me out because it was stuff like I remember sitting one time thinking, if this is real, meaning if there's a there there and there's something that is visiting this planet and, and this is, and you are accepting on some level, all right, if this is real and you're going through with pushing and pushing, trying to figure out what's true, this is not like the spirit guide stuff. Like this is more like there's a physical reality to this supposedly, and you can get abducted. It was that. It was. Do you accept all of this as you go into the? It was all of that, right? It was very, very heady, very, very intense. And then at some point, it leveled off. And then at the point where it leveled off, it never leveled off to a point of zero. It just kind of leveled off to okay, this is a balanced level of looking at the world with other stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the point where I got back into got heavy into the political space, the UFO stuff never went away because honestly, to the level to which you could defend, there was a there there. Like even like meaning not trying to contact anything, none of that stuff. Just from the standpoint of okay, what's real? Well, there was a real there there to it, and there was enough evidence to show there was a there there to it. So from my perspective, yeah, you can argue um, up to the point that you can defend. Um, at the point where the report came out, oh, dude, the the, the horse was out the barn. Yeah, I like mean, we're now at that place tomorrow, I think, where that there, there, like you said, um, is now literally crashing headfirst into politics. Yes. And now the U.S. government is saying there's something there. We need to continue looking into it. So I, I'd love to get your opinion on that, man. The report drops. You were literally on a live stream yes. when this thing dropped. I remember watching this thing and to see all of you guys like, like literally be like, Oh my God, it's here. I'm like, out we gotta go the through floor. This. I'm out yeah. at the floor when I read that report. Right. Well, okay. Report, what are your no, thoughts no, on it? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the report? I mean, I know a lot of people in the UFO community were really let down and they were like, there's screw no photos, that. there's no videos. Yeah. What do you oh, think screw about that? It? Screw that. Screw that. The, the point of the report was to confirm and establish legitimacy. That was the point. It was never going to say aliens are real, but for all intents and purposes, the report is screaming aliens are real or <laughs> something is real that is in our space that is doing something that is breaking our paradigm. I mean, Chris Mellon just released um, the Nimitz file, the report on the Nimitz. And it is basically saying something is dispersing radar. It is making these massive accelerations left and right, like where it's um, making these movements, but it has no visible surface for propulsion and everything else. It's not us. That's what. That's the point <laughs> the report that he's trying to make. And look, whether you say it's us or not us, the report has basically said this is real. We have been lying for 70 years. The thing that we said wasn't real, the thing that we said was swamp gas, the thing that we said didn't exist is real. It's real. Confirmed it real. That's what the report is. It's confirmation. Now, I know people in the UFO community may say they wanted more because in their heads they were already there, meaning they didn't need the confirmation. They were already there, but the report is not entirely for them. The report right. is for everybody else who wasn't certain, who wasn't paying attention and everything else, thought this was a giggle factor and everything else. The report is like, no, 
The Google factor is over. This is real. And as such, as the government of the United States, every alphabet soup agency stands up and says, yes, this report, we're standing by this report. It's real. And on top of it's real, we are maneuvering the mechanisms of government itself to accrue information on this topic. It's a fascinating thing to watch. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it's it's sausage making, but yeah, in yeah. a UFO context. Um, look, personally, I think they already know. I mean, when you hear Mitt Romney say, it's not Russia, it's not China, I don't think it's aliens. It's like, dude, you've taken everything off the table. You've literally <laughs> taken everything off the table. And I think Romney is every man. Honestly, I do. I think Romney is every person who says the paradigm that you've just added to the table, because that's what's been added. Meaning, think of all of the stuff that falls out of the UFO subject. That stuff is on the table. Whereas beforehand, they would never even acknowledge it being part of the conversation. That is major. Like, I know the UFO community wanted more, but I don't think they acknowledge the amount to which they got. Like, it is extraordinary. There is nothing that has been out like this. And so it's it's not even like, okay, we've seen something in the air. We don't know what it, it's like. Okay, we've just based on what they gave you, it almost eliminates certain items just because of the technology and everything else. It's foreign. It's not what they're describing. is not what we would consider to be objects that comply to normal physics. Mm. So whether it's us or not, it breaks our paradigm. That's what I mean. Like, like I don't think the community is acknowledging the extent or the amount to which they got. They got confirmation and legitimacy all at once. And that's yeah. something that they've never been offered. And yeah. so I think that's major. And now the fight at this point is, what is it? Well, if the UFO community is right and it's the alien hypothesis, well, that is the thing that gets meted out. What I think is taking place is the slow walk to confirmation where it's we're going to get the public acclimated. It is going to be one report after the next. There is no politician that's going to run out and screaming, UFOs are aliens. None of them are going to do it. What they will do is say, we need another report, which they're going to get in 90 days. And they're going to say, we need um, 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 congressional hearings. We need congressional hearings, which is, again, what they're asking for. And what they would do is use or disperse, let's say, the responsibility of acknowledging what it is onto an agency. Because keep in mind, from the standpoint of a politician, they don't want to necessarily come out and say something that they can be politically attacked for. What they will do is say, okay, we're going to have this agency look into it. So the responsibility of coming out and saying one thing or the other is dispersed within the members of the agency, a committee of 10 who are going to do whatever. They'll do that. And that's what they're going to do on this issue. They're going to disperse the responsibility of confirming on one report or one hearing after the next. So when it finally gets down to the end, it's the last thing, the last um, um, candy corn in the box. Mm. At that point, it's not any member saying it. It's the group. That's my thought. I could be entirely wrong on that. I mean, if, unless they, you know, somebody pull back the lever and say, okay, screw it. We're no longer doing this. Until, yeah. you know, that can always happen. Well, but if that's what they're doing, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, right. I think that's what it looks like. That's a good way to put it because I know a lot of this um, is about narrative. You know, you've got one side being like, they're not a threat, they're peaceful, we need to communicate with them. You knew it was going there, man. And the other side saying, potential threat, we have to look out for this, we need to build up Space Force, blah, 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 blah. So where do you lay in that? Is is this, I mean, you you work in Washington, you see these people every day and how they 
spin things, how they yeah. do things. Like, what are we looking at with this Pentagon thing? Should we like trust everything they're saying when it comes to this topic? Like, yeah, we're going to get another report. We're going to have a hopefully kind of a permanent place collecting this data yeah. that the DOD said. Like, but is that good? Like, or is that just another way to kind of contain everything and uh, also get money to like protect our yeah. our our atmosphere from you know Whatever. an invasion? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of all that? Um, so let's take out good and bad for the moment. Let's take okay, good okay. and bad one. Because good and bad gets complicated. It does. Um, yeah. And let's go with cause and effect. Okay. Um, I do believe that you will have people who would want to maintain the integrity of Earth or what they would consider the sovereignty of Earth. And that people who are in Intel may want to craft a narrative to explain how have you been lying for so many years. And that that narrative may be coming out with all of this. You know, the information's coming like, oh, golly gee, we just hit our head on this. We didn't know that this was a real thing. We have no idea what it is, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact of the matter is if they do know what it is, then they're managing the way this information gets released. Now, the catch becomes who's running the ball on what's being managed. Um, I, look, I personally like Elizondo, um, but I don't know who he works for. So that screws with me. Now, what I mean by that is, it, his mission seems to be to get the information out and to kind of yank and pull this information out. So it becomes, okay, why now? Government tends to not do anything unless it has some kind of motive behind the reason that it's doing it. Is it just, okay, we just, this is the opportune moment that we think we can get it out. Okay, why now? Also, these guys are spooks, right? So that screws with me, being mm -hmm. that it's for the last, what, 70 years, these have been the same people who basically have been hiding it. And now all of a sudden they're saying, trust us, um, we're the people who've been hiding it for all of these <laughs> years in life all of these years. So there's that part. So not knowing the motivations behind the people who are basically coming out um, and just because information is being leaked, again, in usually in political circles, when people are leaking information for a, 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 an effect, we want to put something out into the public that the media will consume that will push a conversation in a specific direction. That's typically the point of leaks. And the people who are typically pointing out those leaks are typically people who are managed by intel. It goes both ways. The reporter gets the leak. The um, intel gets the direction in which they get to push the conversation. Um, and so when you have the UFO leaks, and it's like, okay, one drop after the next, after the next, after the next. It seems that somebody is trying to push something in a direction and keep the conversation moving in a particular direction and keeping this kind of um, churning going in mainstream media in order to push this information out. Now we, I, and say, yes, great. I wanted this information out. By the same token, I look at it and say, okay, well, why now? And why, um, why, why the push for it? And what, what is the person's aim or the group's aim um, in pushing this up? If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I get suspicious. I get because I don't necessarily believe. Like you have a situation like somebody like Greer who comes out and says, "Oh, the aliens are all hippies," and then you have Tom DeLong, "The aliens are going to eat us." <laughs> you know, both of these guys have intel sources. Both of these guys are getting information, and by my estimate, what I suspect is happening is that all of these people are being lied to on some level. That there's information, um, a flavor of truth in it with a of context dropped. At least that's the way it happens in political circles, like in media. They would say, okay, here's our view of the story. 
and there'll be a certain degree of context that's dropped in order to give a perspective or uh, people a particular perspective. My, my, my fear is that. It's that part. It's like, hey, we're going to give you information. Okay, great. And this information is something that you guys have wanted for a very long time. Great. Is it all the information? Is it everything? What are you holding back? How long did you know? What did you know? And when did you know it? It's still that type of stuff. It's like you've been lying for 70 years. You've been telling people that it's been swap gas. And you've known that it's been something else. This stuff has been going on since the 40s. And now you're saying that you don't know what it is. So I feel like even that is somewhat deceptive in regards to the way the information is coming out. But I do think they're telling us on some level, some level of truth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything is so in the black that it freaks me out. And so I guess my point is people like Greer, which is a threat idea. Um, I would say, yes, Intel probably wants to maintain sovereignty of Earth from their perspective. It's Earth. Um, yes, this full spectrum dominant stuff that is part of our thinking of the globe. I mean, it's why we it puts us at conflict with all of these other countries. Um, I don't know what that looks like on a, on, a, on a global standpoint, though. That looks weird on a global standpoint, like America's yeah. dominance over Earth. Like, that looks weird. Um, the yeah. false flag thing, I need a little bit more than... Varnavar and Braun's secretary, if you're going to go there. That's too big. Yeah. It's just so big. Like, I, meaning, I can go some places with you. I can say, yes, the threat thing, yes. I can see the government wanting to maintain sovereignty, yes. I can see money being dumped into weapons, yes. I can see all that stuff happen. In fact, even under the best of circumstances, the moment that you say, okay, they're not us, you will have to have some kind of governmental or world or super governmental agency to deal with it. I mean, are you really going to have individual countries dealing with, you know, even, meaning even if you're not dealing with anything, the moment that you know about it, those structures have to be created. Hi, everyone. My name is Andy, and I host That UFO Podcast. That UFO Podcast brings you weekly content with some of the biggest names from around the world of UFOs, UAP, and associated phenomena. Weekly interviews, roundtable discussions, and breaking news podcasts with myself, regular co-host Dan, and sometimes special guests will drop into it. That UFO Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you can download podcasts. Already having hosted names like Louise Elizondo, Sean Cahill, George Knapp, Avi Loeb, Brandon Fugo, Ralph Blumenthal, and many more. I hope you come and check us out, and as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I talked to a, um, a, a Chinese astronomer recently yeah. who, you know, is working with the one of the most sophisticated telescopes right now, radio telescopes in China. I think the biggest now since Arecibo fell. But, um, you know, the big concern there was, okay, let's say China does, is the first to um, discover techno-signatures or make contact. Like, would they tell the rest of the world? Or what message are they going to communicate with the aliens that we don't know about? That's my point. Right. The consequences at that point of anything become global. Right. What what space police are going to be policing all of this when it when it finally happens? If we're going to go down the Marvel route, right? It's so wild. But that's what, but that's kind of my point. All of that now on the table, and yeah. and by the way, all of it is in the black that is on the table because the Pentagon has basically said, "All right, UFOs are real, but no, we're not going to give you any information on it. We're just going to tell you that they're real." Meaning we're confirming this, but no, we're not going to give you any information beyond the confirmation. That's an untenable position, frankly. Right. Um, the public should be screaming at them. What do you mean these things are real? What do you mean they're in our airspace? What do you mean this has been going on for 70 years and you haven't said anything about it? Have you told the president? Have you told Congress? When did you tell president? When did you tell Congress? Why have you been lying to the public? Like there's so many questions that just fall immediately from that. And then you get into the weird stuff like, all right, what about abductions? What's in yeah. the crowd? What about like you get all of this other stuff because the, they've been lying for so long that you've put a paradigm change on the table now. And the paradigm change, honestly, looks more likely than the other items. You have to deal with that. You have to answer those questions. Like, for example, all right, um, is it Russia or is it China? Which one do you think it is? Mm-hmm. And if it is Russia or China, how did they get the breakthrough technology? Why was the technology only used in a very specific instance of a craft, but not necessarily within the context of their society? When do you think this breakthrough occurred? How is this breakthrough working? I mean, there's so many questions that like that fall out of this document that either need to be asked, that need to be raised, need to at the very least be engaged. Um, and yeah, I think the DOD has a lot of answering questions to do. But I think what it boils down to is, is it us or not? And I think it's that. That's the crux of it. That's why Neil deGrasse Tyson is looking crazy trying <laughs> to explain the physics of this crap. Hey, maybe the sensors glitched. And I know people want to think of the lobster aliens. It's like, no, Neil. Right. There is a paradigm shift that is being broken that our brave men and women in uniform are saying is taking place that his sensors are picking up on, that they are seeing visually and with technology. And it is not that people just want to believe they're aliens. It's that you need to explain the factors, all of the factors associated with the case, not just the ones that you like, all of the factors associated with the case. And he has no answers. And so it's like he has to come up with the lobster guide nonsense. Right. Um, no, man, it's a, it's a fascinating, it's, 
I don't know. It's heady. The ramifications are so big. There's so oh. much implication to just simply putting this report out and saying it's an other. Because yeah. then, like you said, what do we – let's say they do finally say it's alien. Like you said, then what? What about all these yeah. abductions that supposedly happen? What about all these um, crashes? What about all these people injured by supposed radiation or whatnot yeah. from UFO landings? Oh, like, what's in the craft? Just the what's very in, basic thing of what's Thank in you. It. Yeah. And by the way, they're staying away from that like like the plague. Yeah. Um, because it's because what's in it gets weird. Like what's in it gets it's so unknown. It, it's very strange. It's like they have an unknown, but they have unknowns within the context of the unknowns. <laughs> and within one unknown, it's enough <laughs> in the moment, right? Yeah. It's like, is there there there? And the report says yes. And then it becomes okay. Is it us or not? And then the report just says we don't know. We need more information. We need more information. We need more data. We need more cert. But the people who are looking at the classified data comes back and says, that's not us. And like uh, I said, Chris Mellon just dropped a report on the Nimitz case. That's not us. That's not us. There's no way. I mean, look, unless we had a breakthrough in our technology, and then the catch becomes, okay, over the course of the last, let's say, 50 years, has there been a, has there been a change in the various types of UFOs that we've been seeing and perceiving in the airspace? Now, the reason I ask that is because how did they get here? If it's a small craft, that small craft wasn't chucking around the galaxy. How did it get here? And if, how did it get here? Was there a manufacturing facility here? Has it increased or changed over time? Like all of these questions fall out of this particular topic. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 50 years ago, this could have been data that they've been, could, could have been compiling. And on some level, I suspect they were compiling this data. That's why I don't buy this. Like I don't buy this rollout, like, oh, golly, shucks. We just stumbled across UFOs and, you know, I don't buy that. Yeah. I don't buy that at all. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. I, I'm one of those people in this field tomorrow who doesn't think the government knows much. I think they no. know something. And like you said, I think a lot of all of this is being managed somehow, yeah. like you, you said earlier. But I don't think they truly know what they're well, doing. Well, that's the catch. They yeah. may not know much. Like Elizondo made the point of saying, like, see, his that's what I mean. He he is under certain rule sets where I think what he can do is he can give you a flavor of the truth without necessarily being specific about the truth. And so, you know, this, this thing, if you drop a, a nuclear sub back in 1540, would they be able to figure out how it is, even if you give them all the resources in the world to do it? And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they may be able to pull a, a door and start using it to club people on the head thinking this is the greatest weapon ever. Um, but it's a door, right? And so it's like, is it one of those things where the government has gotten its hands on something? But it's foreign tech. It's not like Stargate where they just go in and they just plug their laptop into a piece of foreign technology and just start tapping on their laptop and stuff happens. It's like, all right, how does this work? And how do we not die in trying to figure out how this works? Because you never know what if, – if that report is right, they may be using – some kind of high energy thing to change gravity or something in order to move the craft in, re in regards to the way the craft moves. And so that, well, there's no way to know what that would do and what that looks like in regards to how they're managing to figure that out. Now, are scientists gifted? Yes. But if our scientist doesn't even accept some of the premises that the technology is based on, our scientists are going to have a hard time figuring that stuff out. So look, it is amply possible that, yes, we recovered a craft. No, we have no idea how that thing works. And if Grant Cameron is right, or if Bigelow is right, where it's like it requires consciousness to do it, we don't even consider that part of the equation. 
Yeah. We don't even consider, like, I've done remote viewing. Remote viewing was one of my other things I was testing out to see whether it worked. And um, there is a there there, and it is very weird. And the question becomes, what if we had a civilization that didn't have these kind of, um, this strength of this, I believe, okay, thoughts are entirely in your head. Okay, what does it look like if your science studied that? Like, what if your science never had the bias against that? And meaning, if you actually did find out, hey, there's something more to us than us, and in this kind of tangible sense. Um, if you have something that is built using that, I mean, even if you had something where you had technology that interacted with consciousness, where it just reads your thoughts for the craft itself, we wouldn't even know how that begin. I mean, we don't have it. Like, we basically have, like, very beginning-level technology that can read your thoughts, like um, like MRI scanners. They could say, okay, you're thinking of a cow right now? Yes, I'm thinking of a cow. Like you, you got that now. But not something where it's like you're directing something with your thoughts. I mean, we have craft or we have technology where I remember the military pilots were working with their subconscious and they could find targets and stuff faster. Mm. Whereas the ship, meaning the ship was engaging their subconscious in a way where it could pick up on, on stuff that they didn't have in their conscious mind, but it was there nonetheless that they were picking up in a subconscious way. Like it was stuff like that. But we're talking about something that we don't entirely get. And so it's very possible where it's like, yeah, we don't know how that works. Okay, we're going to investigate, and we're investigating, we're investigating. And if Bob Lazar, no people hate Bob Lazar, but if he's right, and it's like, okay, we don't have a huge field of people doing it, and it's small, compacted. Yeah, it may be slanted in regards to what we know in science. But that's just it, and that's kind of the problem. It's not transparent. Mm-hmm. It's not, none of this is transparent. Like, it's not like, okay, this is what we know. We don't know much. We found this, et cetera, et cetera. It's real, blah, blah, blah. Have a good day. It's not that. And it's not, okay, here's a craft going at Mach 10 and then makes a, a 90 degree turn um, and then plops into the water and plops up and goes straight into space where people are like, oh my God. It's not that. Meaning they're not trying to shockingly break and destroy, um, utterly annihilate your paradigm all at once where it expands into like a split second. Because the moment that you have technology like that, oh my God, oh my God, think of what's possible at that point and instantaneously possible. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, maybe we're going to bore the hell out of people until we say, okay, finally, it's not us. And they're going to like, yes, goddammit, we had already jumped to the bottom of the movie. Like, it's really <laughs> but but I hope you get my point, though. It's it's very um, it's a very weird and heady thing that has just been added into our reality space. And I don't inquire, entirely think that people get it yet. Like, again, even if it is us, it still breaks our paradigm, us. Yeah. Scientifically, philosophically, yes. politically, yeah. everything like this, this would change everything if we had like just the simple answer of where it comes from. Well, not so simple, but or, or just that's what I mean. even if yeah. it is just us, that's what even I mean. if it is. Like, even yeah. if, if it was a situation where it's like, all right, we figured out a way to use electricity to mimic gravity, even if it was that, that I mean, fossil that's, fuels, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, that's that blows away a lot of stuff that we've been using all of, all of a sudden, all at once. That's what I mean. Whether it's us or not us, it's groundbreaking. It's paradigm breaking. Like, I don't need to jump to the conclusion of aliens, even though clearly I think it's not. I don't. I don't think it's us. <laughs> but I don't need to argue that it's aliens. I only need to argue that breaks our paradigm either way, and we need to figure out what it is. I love that. That actually bleeds into my first listener question. 
Jamarla, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, okay. So, you know, we talked about like this would be paradigm shifting. The technology being represented would change everything. So now yeah. we see like China wants to do like a UAP task force, maybe Russia, other countries wow. now want to be looking into this stuff, of course, because America is. And then you have this whole idea of like almost like this new Cold War of yeah. emerging science trying to harness the technology these UAP represent. And um, you have America now saying, it's not our secret tech. We don't think it's Russian or China. Um, so that doesn't leave many other answers. But um, he, let me read you this first listener question from Jeff. He's a big supporter of Somewhere in the Skies here. He, he asks, do you think that anti-China and Russian sentiments are becoming kind of like a neo-McCarthyism yes. that will actually limit disclosure and UFO transparency. Is this their way oh, of kind of, um, interesting. you know, I, I mean, painting wow, a picture of our adversaries, I guess. So that's an interesting question. I mean, like the UAP thing, on some level, you would think will force the countries to work together on some you level. I hope, I unify I mean, it, yeah. Because it's like, how do you quantify, like if you say, like the military is the, the entire context of this is being shaped through almost a national security context. Right. And so if you say, um, okay, we have all of these sightings and we have these sightings in these military bases. Okay. How do you know that that's the, the, the majority of sightings? Like you could be coming up with a wrong conclusion based on your context, like a hammer looking for a nail. Like you could say, um, okay, they're hanging around our nuclear facilities and they're buzzing our ships and they're doing this. But if you take a larger sampling, just say of all the United States and all the sightings, that may be a small subset of the places where those um, craft are, may or may not be. But there's no way for you to know unless you have a larger subset that is beyond just the military uh, capacities of your country. Um, if you're thinking about that, that from the standpoint of Earth, which, again, if you are trying to discern whether it's you or not you, you're going to need more than just the people or you, just your country. I Meaning you have to discern whether it's Russia or China. On some level, you do have to work with them in order to figure out whether it's them or not. You can just make accusations like, oh, it's you doing this and everything else. But the fact is, they may be having the exact same issue that you may be having. And the only way for you to really know that is if you work with them to do so. And so it's like you would need that capability of saying, all right, are you guys having this issue? Yes. Okay. Are you guys recording your sightings? Yes. Okay. What happened? And you would need to correlate that stuff. By the same token, um, domestic matters and everything else are going to take priority now. And even, like I said, four matters now. Because the UAP thing is not, it's not real in the sense of real. It's just real. Um, and right now, that Cold War stuff takes heavy, uh, much more priority. Meaning, like, for example, the United States considering China. The, from the U.S. perspective, anything that goes, that is taking um, our station, either in a political space, either um, in an economic space, or in a militaristic space, is a challenge to what we consider to be our domain of world hegemony. And I think that's true. Um, in fact, it's not that I think it's true, it is true. And so when you have somewhere like Russia or China, our military policy on some level was to not have any other country like the Soviet Union where they can challenge our domain. And so having a country like China get to the point of its tech dominance or its tech um, growth and its economic growth. Well, economic growth allows clout. And that level of clout is not necessarily something that we like on a geopolitical stage. Also, beyond that point, uh, from the standpoint of Russia with selling weapons and everything else, it is no longer the country that basically collapsed. It is a country that is basically 
grown and developed this sense of its own, especially some of militaristic capability. And so it's like those two countries have basically fused themselves because of the way we've attacked both. We've called what so is China is committing genocide. Oh my God. We've called Russia everything but a child of God. And now we're shocked that the two countries have basically gotten closer and closer together. So yeah, from a standpoint of us, look, the hostilities honestly really need to come down. And I think that was the meeting between Biden and Putin. From the standpoint of China, I don't know. I mean, like, that's the wild card with, with a lot of this stuff. How does the UFO issue hit if it really hits? And does that throw all of this stuff on the sidelines where it's like, okay, yeah, I know this stuff was important, but this is now less so. But it depends on how it hits. I mean, if it's kind of just stays in the background, then no, the issue is not going to have any kind of relevance in regards to the way they're talking, at least not on an overt level that we know about. Yeah. Um, but if it does it, if it does hit, then that's different. I don't know what that looks like. Like, yeah. I honestly don't. Like, I don't know what it looks like on a day where it's like, aliens are real. And, and people are like, you know, freaking out. Some people like dancing on the ceilings and stuff like that. <laughs> um, other people are like just terrified and buying guns. It's like gun purchases have skyrocketed. 50%, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's a complicated question. That's a good question. But it I, is. I, it, I, it, there's a lot, a lot to it. Um, well, okay, here's one more political listener question for you. UAP technician on Twitter asks, in this political climate, could a politician run on a UAP disclosure ticket no. or promote a partial disclosure platform and still be no, successful? But, no, yeah. but what they can do is run with this notion of, look, this is the national security issue that we didn't know about. That's an issue that they are on, but not as a major issue. Yeah. Like Rubio can't come on and say, I think aliens are real. He can never say it. Rubio will come close, and he will come out in his document saying, now that this report is out, again, the report is the thing that allows a diffusion of responsibility so he doesn't have to take it all on his own. Now that this report is out, and all of these agencies have signed up to this report, we and our brave men and women have been reporting these sightings for all of these years that it's truthful. Meaning, right off the bat now, he can say what they've been reporting is real. He can say it now. The report is out. Um, he would get to there, but you can't say aliens are real and when it's in a room, when it's here. You can't do that. Like, it's too, meaning you could be castigated in too many ways. Like, you could have your opponents putting out, like, giggle factor stuff in order to, like, screw with the opponent, like, screw with you. You can't do it. What you can do, though, is say, look, this is a clear national security issue. Our intelligence services back this up, and we need to see what this is. You can do that. And you can run on whatever campaign you're doing with that being a side issue. And Rubio is going to be the test. He's running in this campaign now, and his campaign is basically that. This is national security. We need to do that. Now, the question is, is his opponent going to hit him on that? Mm-hmm. Is his opponent going to ask him questions, answer questions on it herself? And so I don't vote Republican. I'm not in Florida. But this is one of those cases where I'm like, oh, God, I kind of don't want Rubio to lose that seat. <laughs> I don't right. want him to lose that seat. It's like that one. It's like I'm not a single issue voter, but on this, I feel like, oh, we could we could take the hit on other issues. Rubio needs to stay there. <laughs> it's like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can run with it as a singular issue. No, but I do think you can run with it as a secondary issue. Yes. Okay. Well, kind of playing off of that, um, last, last political question, I promise. Oh, you're fine. So like, you know, it, it's no, it's pretty obvious when you look at like, who's really covering the UAP topic in the mainstream media the most. And a Why lot of people look at the ones that are covering this. Thank you. That is my question. Why is this a right wing thing mostly? Um, why are they willing to go there? And uh, yeah, yeah, why do you think that is? Why aren't more 
uh, Democrats or this. people on the I've, left really covered this. Man, I've thought about this, and yeah. I am not entirely sure. I think my first thought boiled down, if I'm being bluntly honest, the left are more empathetic and care more about specific issues. So, right, for example, the left would say people should have health care. And they would cry on the flag for people to have health care. Or they would say people should have uh, social security. People should have et cetera. And in doing so, what they're basically is bathing in the pain of her. And I'm not saying that in a negative. I'm just saying this is the way we frame the world. Or this is the way we look at the world. There's pain in the world. We need to lessen the pain in the world. We need to deal with these things that are tangible, physical, and get rid of um, the, 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 you know, the, the rough edges of our society. Um, and if you're thinking in those terms then aliens might not apply. Like, it's it's so straightforward in regards to this person is in pain, this person is in injury, I need to get rid of that pain somehow. I need to ensure that person has money in their pocket. I need to ensure the elderly person has a decent life, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you get to aliens, that stuff is woo-woo. It's kind of out there. It's almost like a religious thing um, in the way that they may frame it or look at it in their heads. The right wing doesn't have that issue. I mean, they're less inclined of, okay, they're hungry people. Yeah, so what? Um, and so you get to the UFO thing and it's like, hey, that's interesting. Like, I, I, look, I am totally spitballing. I, I'm talking out of my ass. But that's the way I came. That's the only thing I came up with. But I have no idea um, in real, like, cosmic, God-honest terms what it is. It's just very bizarre. Like, Tucker Carlson covers it all the time. Um, Sager on what rising they used she he used to cover it all the time mm-hmm. um daily caller and some of the other ones and but it's like you get to left wing media and it's just me and it's like why yeah. how weird <laughs> how weird well, is that actually i that's my next my last listener question uh lou over at uh ucr wanted to yeah. know like what are your colleagues at fault lines um and everyone oh, think right, about right. your so kind of aggressive curiosity yeah. in this topic and yeah. your what what you guys aggressive did. curiosity. I love that's that. How Lou, that's how Lou <laughs> framed it. I'm so, not saying it's aggressive. No, no, it is. It, it's damn aggressive curiosity. I, and I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I. So I think I'm the only one on the network that, that really like hit that bell hard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what my boss thought. I was like, all right, I'm not going to say anything to him. If he says something to me, fair enough. But <laughs> they bought me on the channel. They knew I had my own channel for like three years before I ever came on the channel. And they knew what I covered in coming on. And so it wasn't like, like they don't push you to cover anything. Believe it or not, you cover whatever you want. It's you, right? Mm-hmm. And But you need to be able to cover like recent news. And whatever position you take, you need to be able to defend the position. That's the main top thing, right? Um, and so I sheepishly started going into the UFO stuff. And I was pretty defensive about it, actually. I remember when, um, when Shane and I first started working together. And the UFO thing came up, and I was like, yeah, man, well, I'm going to cover this topic. If you don't like it, we can go to, to management and talk about it. Like, it was like hardcore. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, all right, bring it down, tone it down. It's not that bad. It's not that serious. <laughs> it's not that serious. <laughs> like, it's like spoiling for a fight over it, right? Yeah. Um, Shane was in a position of like, all right, I don't buy this. However, I'm open to hearing you out. And as I would make one argument after the next, he would be like, all right, it sounds like there's a there there to it, but I'm not entirely there. When the UFO report came out, he says, all right, you're not crazy. You're not <laughs> crazy. He was like, all right, fair enough. There's a there there. And he says, everybody would have to be lying for this to be wrong. Like he got, he was there and he was like, by process of elimination, 
I don't think it's us. Like it, it was that, right? It was like meaning by one argument after the next, he was brought into this notion of, okay, fair enough. He was never scathingly against it, but he became more, it's like, okay, fair enough. I think this is there, there. I don't know what it is, but this is there, there. Fair enough. He became there. Um, my boss was more like, yeah, they don't know what the fuck that is. I was like, whoa, nice. fair enough. I can accept that. I can accept that. <laughs> I was like, I'm good with that. Like, I don't need you to jump. Like I said, I don't need people to jump to the conclusion they're aliens. I just need people to realize there's a there there and that there's a question and that that question needs to be answered. And you need to understand and answer the question based on the facts that we have available to us. Meaning you need to explain that case. You need to explain all of the data associated with that case. You need to come to a conclusion and it can't be, you know, magic. Like it's none of us. It's, it's not it's not us, it's not the Russians, it's not the Chinese, it's not aliens, it's not anything. It's like, all right, dude, they've just established that they are there, so that's not one of the options. You need to choose one of the options. Yeah. Like, it's that. No, they, were, they weren't, nobody stressed me on that. In fact, they started bringing me on their show to talk about it. Cool. I, yeah. I love hearing that. Well, yeah. all right. Well, okay, last personal question for you. Um, people get involved with this topic for you know, their own reasons. Some people had an experience. Some just have a burning curiosity. Um, Or yeah, there's so many reasons to be interested in UFOs. So like, what, what do you want out of this tomorrow? The entire UFO question Um, and where we're at right now, what do you want? Do you want answers? Yeah. I want to know what's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that. Now the catch becomes, you know, can you handle the truth? I I just want to know what's true. I think people are pretty adaptable and flexible. Um, in regards to how they deal with that information. At least that's what I think. I mean, why do why does anybody want anything, right? It's, it's that stuff. Um, I, at one point, like I said, I had this burning desire to know. Like it was, it was like weird. It was heady. It was out of the blue. It was pretty intense. And it was like, what's true? What's true? And it became that. And that's kind of where I am with this. I want to know what's true. I've become less, um, I've become more pensive about it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I, yeah. like just because now this stuff is in physical matter reality. Like this is not like, oh, we're just thinking about these things and talking about if disclosure happens, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you have just had confirmation, and you've had your government basically change its systems in order to accrue data and everything else over UFOs. Basically, an X Files division created and done so in the open with all of the intelligence services signing up, saying yes, this is us. Um, like I said, Mellon just released another document giving basically technical information of, of an assessment of the Nimitz thing. Um, your government seems to be doing this. And so it's like now this is real. Anything that happens is real. If you spook the public, that's real. If you go out screaming on Fox News that aliens are eating babies or attacking America, that's real, especially if they take it and they run with it and they, they get stuck with that point of view as this happens. Yeah. Meaning it's no longer this um, conceptual thing anymore. Everything that happens from the standpoint, this point on, on this topic is legit. And if people want to make the argument about the alien hypothesis, fair enough. And if that hypothesis come to be come to fruition, fair enough. But again, you're stuck with the paradigm shift. I think that's the part that's that's mind-blowing to me. And it's like the ramifications of it are so big that it's hard to wrap your head around it. It's like everything from science, technology, engineering, um, philosophy, who humanity, it, who, who humanity is in the grand scheme of this kind of larger space as opposed to being a single actor dancing about on stage, um, on a cosmic stage. 
like all of that stuff changes. What does it mean for science and tech? I mean, even under the best of circumstances, you're probably looking at a world that starts to get closer together in regards to um, organization, not people, but um, governmental forces. Even this notion of, okay, how are we going to accrue the resources of the planet in order to deal with planetary threats, meaning under the best of circumstances, military is going to get a huge amount of cash, meaning it doesn't have to be we're doing this for the military to get a bunch of cash, for the military to get a bunch of cash as it comes up and realizes, oh, my God, we're so far behind. We have to catch up. We have to catch up. Science, technology, all this stuff is going to radically change. What the world looks like after that, I have no goddamn clue. And that's kind of my point. Like, it's a paradigm shift in, in epic proportions. What does it look like when a person can, you know, live in China and work in New York because the, the device gets them from point A to point B in, let's say, 10 minutes or 20 minutes because of the speed at which they can go from point A to point B? What does it look like for laws um, in regards to space? Mm-hmm. Um, like, all of that stuff changes. How do we engage with something if we don't necessarily even know what the thing is? Because just because we realize, okay, there's something there doesn't mean we're engaging with it. Like, it doesn't mean that we're, oh, we're making open contact. No, that doesn't mean nothing at all. It just means there's a there there, okay? There's something. We don't know what that something is. Like you said, we may not have any clue on what that stuff is, meaning the government might be in the dark itself. I still think the government is always going to withhold certain bits of information, but it may be in the dark to a greater degree than we think they're in the dark. And so all of that stuff just changes. Like, I, like we don't even know how they got here. We don't even know if they were already here um, as we evolved, meaning that stuff might have just been, hey, no, we've always been here underwater. We're not from elsewhere. Like yeah. all that stuff is in the dark. And I think the real, weirdest part is what does humanity become after that? And knowing, I mean, physics, think of the physics for the moment. You, you have a situation where physicists are saying, all right, if something is here and something is doing what they say it's doing and we accept that, okay, we need to explain that. Well, what does it mean when physics get an answer to a question they didn't even know existed? And mm-hmm. what does it look like for the technology that's created when they do it? And yes, a lot of this stuff is going to get dumped in the military because they're going to, in their heads, we've got to play catch up. we got to play catch up. And the neocons of the world are going to be like, we can't. Um, play second fiddle to these alien civilizations that's visiting Earth and trespassing on our secret airspace or whatever they're going to say. Um, but they're going to want to play catch up. They're not going to want to sit there and have something that is grotesquely outperforming our technology. And when we find out and figure out how this stuff is done, and we will figure out how this stuff is done, oh my God, what does your world look like? And I'm, and by the way, that's not just for military. That falls all the way down through your society, even in the way you see each other. I mean, how does Earth see itself at, at that point when it knows? Like, it's just very wild and very heady to think about. And that's been put on the table. That's the point. Yeah. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, for whatever reason, the left doesn't entirely um, get the gravity of what has just been added to the table of possibilities. It's that. And even if you say, okay, well, let's assume that it's us. Okay, fair enough. But you just have still technology that is doing something that you need to figure out what it's doing and somebody's using it and they need to explain who's using it. It's that type of stuff. So, no, man, I, I think the gravity of this is phenomenal. It's it is. And the questions are being asked, like you said, and they never were before. So, no, I, I, no they I were never asked right. before yeah. because it was never real. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. Like the UFO community hates, hates yeah. that. It's like, yeah, dude, we already knew that. But the rest of the world didn't. They yep. just made it. This is real. There's a there there to this. And so the questions are being asked now because now you're talking about a real thing. 
Yep. It's different. Title of the episode, There Is a There There. I love it, man. (laughs) Well, last question, of course, Jamaro. I got to ask, where can we find everything you're up to, man? And um, yeah, what do you got going on lately? If there's anything new you can do. my YouTube channel. um, Okay. That's at Jamaro Thomas. That's just my name. Um, And I do Fault Lines. That's on Radio Sputnik. That's here in Washington, D.C. And, of course, I try to, you know, I've, I've been graciously added to the UFO community, so part of UFO Twitter and all that stuff. And so you can see me at the Prague Soapbox on Twitter. Perfect. And, dude, if I can say anything, it's so refreshing, and it's so awesome to have you in our community now. We have desperately needed new faces and new voices and new questions being asked to these phenomena that, uh, you know, we haven't found answers to in the last 70 years. So thank you for asking those tough questions. Thank you for approaching this topic the way you have. And uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, man. I appreciate this. Honestly, thank you. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. So Pluto's not a planet. Pluto's not a planet. Fuck you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Pluto is a planet. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.